You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. That's right. I just said, hey, people-centric leaders instead of more than workers. Those of you who have listened to this for a long time are used to us start kicking off this podcast by saying, hey, more than workers. But this time we said, hey, people-centric leaders. Why did we say that? Because uh, first of all, before we even get into our topic today, which is a topic that we're all excited about because we see a lot of it happening. Uh, but before we even get into that topic, we want to make an announcement that we are shifting the name of our podcast. So those of you who are a little bit nervous because you're fierce fans, raving fans of this, and you may be worried about like, are you going to change it? Are you going to take away all of Don's humor? Are you going to take away all of Diana's dark, dark insights that sometimes she gives? Are we going to take away, right, Mary's great insights into how people are in her short little quick little statements that are super powerful? Right? Are we going to take away Matt's banter? Are we going to take away Bethany's strategy? I see it's so challenging to go through all five. I realized once I started, this is going to be really challenged. Are we going to change Bethany's curly hair that we always see? No. Bethany's big insights that she offers. What else yeah, do I want to say? All those things. <laughs> no, we're not going to change any of that. But listen, we are the team at People Centric Consulting Group. And one of the things that we have learned and things when we have heard feedback from you is that you tend to call it the people-centric podcast. Like you hear it from the people-centric team. We talk about becoming more people-centric, right? Making sure that everything that you do is designed to work around people. When we started this company, we saw the science of how people work is really well understood, but the engineering is missing. And so we decided to work on systems that can help you as leaders, that can help teams and can help companies to become more people-centric because it engages people in a better way. So we're no longer going to be the more than work podcast Although the same quality is going to be there and the same team is going to be there, we're going to go back to our roots and we're going to be the people-centric podcast. That's who we are. So welcome. And you are a people-centric leader. So welcome people-centric leaders. That's who we are. Are we all excited about the name change, gang? I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's who we are. So I think it's great. It's yeah. our name. It's our, we're going to we're coming out from behind the shadows and telling you this is the movement. It's the people centric movement and you're part of the movement now to become a people centric leader. So we appreciate you listening and being part of this. So let me ask you a question, team. Mary, are you pretty busy right now? Oh, the word busy. I don't like that word. Somebody once taught me that we all make a choice to do what we do. So it's not necessarily the term busy, right, Diana? Mary, you're so right. I believe back in the day I wrote this blog about the glorification of busy. But let me tell you right now, I have a confession, guys. I'm busy. I'm busy. I have lost control. I've lost control of my day and my workflow. I'm busy. Don, does that help you? Does that help yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all hate that word. It's oh. not a good word. Bethany, you got a lot going on in your schedule right now? I mean, always. If it's not, well, and here's the thing is, in this, we talk about balance, like work-life balance, and that there's kind of no such thing, and that sometimes you just have more home stuff, and sometimes, like, personal stuff, and sometimes you just have more work stuff, and that's kind of what it is, of, like, even if I'm not 
like crazy overwhelmed at work and things are going pretty well there. There's like always a million things to do, you know, with my family and at home and, you know, all of those things. So yeah, I'll, I mean, it feels like always. Right, right. So sometimes, and I think our whole team would all agree that we're all very, we don't like to use the busy word because sometimes busy is a mindset, right? And you say like, I'm always busy. And sometimes it makes us feel like, well, busy is bad. And busy is not always bad. Busy, if you enjoy what you do, busy can feel, can means you just get to do more of it. But are you like out of control? Like sometimes you feel like we don't have control over our day. Uh, one of the things that we see oftentimes with clients as we go to work with them is they're like, we love all of the things that you could potentially help us to do. And I want to become a bit better leader and I want to communicate better. We want to have better meetings and I want to, to strategic planning and I want to do all those things, but we just don't have time. Like, where's all the time gone? And we just don't have time to be able to focus on that. We're so busy. It's the old idea of we're so stuck working on the working in the business. We don't have time to work on the business, right? We're so busy being a leader that we don't have time to work on who we are as a leader. So I, first of all, I want to take my hats off to all of you listening because you are literally taking time right now to listen and do this. Now, some of you are like probably cooking dinner, listening to this podcast. Some of you are maybe exercising on the treadmill. Some of you are driving to work. So you're figuring out how to use your time more effectively. But we wanted to talk about this as a team. First of all, like, how do we manage this? What are some of the things that you can do to help maybe buy some more time in your day or maybe just to help get over it? We're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges. Now, one of the things that's nice about this topic is it's not like our team has this all figured out either, right? We're people working in a busy company that's growing, that also we're very, very, we've got a lot of stuff to do, right? Time management, managing our time, all of those things are daily challenges. And I think everybody on our team would nod and agree with that. So we're going to get to dive into this topic a little bit. We've got our, our team, we're missing Matt today. Matt's off. He's he's on a call right now. He's, he's, he's working with somebody right now, but we've got Diana and we've got Mary and we've got Bethany all on our team here. So as we jump into this first topic that we wanted to jump into around this time management idea is this idea of multitasking, right? We hear it a lot, like we got to jump into multitasking. I'm curious, team, what are your thoughts on multitasking? Is multitasking something that is helpful? Is it something, how can we become better at it? What are, what are, the, what are our thoughts in terms of, my, of multitasking? Mary, what do you think? So I think a lot of people think of this like, can I chew gum and walk at the same time? Yes. Yes, you can. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Most of us. Okay. (laughs) Most of us. (laughs) Some people run into the poll. Okay. But, you know, can you be typing an email and writing a paper and taking care of children at the same time that are screaming at you while you're on a video call? My answer to that is no. You are really essentially only doing one thing at a time but breaking it up into so many little pieces that you're doing a hundred things in a short period of time. And I wouldn't call that multitasking. You guys, I have to confess, I was at, I was at a conference last week in Maryland speaking at a Bones Mid-Atlantic conference. Shout out to my friends there who are joining the podcast. And I was checking email on my phone on the elevator ride back up to my room. And I was, I got absorbed into a specific email and I stepped off the elevator and I turned left and I almost walked smack into the wall because there was just, there's no, that's not where my room was. The rooms are to the right. I mean, I stopped, I did not run into the wall. But if you had seen me do it, if there, there's somewhere there's a security camera, that's really quite funny because it's just me going focused completely on the phone, 
step off the elevator, turn, and then right into the wall. No good. No good. No good. So, I'm so guilty of that. I do stuff like that all the time. I saw a video one time of a guy who was like, think of multitasking, uh, like brushing your teeth and tying your shoes at the same time, right? Lots of us brush our teeth and like finish getting ready. But if you're really not paying attention to brushing your teeth, all the plaques knock on. Like you didn't get it all done. You didn't get it polished. You didn't rinse properly. You probably didn't floss. Like you didn't take care of your teeth. You were just mindlessly doing something. And then your shoes probably aren't going to be tied really tight. There's definitely not a double knot. One of them is going to be wonky. Your socks going to get eaten at some part of the day by your shoe, you know? So you don't have your socks, eat your shoes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or your, was, eat, your shoes, eat your socks. I'm just processing like how you would even brush your teeth. You can't even brush your teeth and tie your shoe at the same time. That's not even possible. So I guess that's the point. That's the point. But I know a lot, don't you yeah. try? Like, don't you try to do it? Or you like brush your teeth and try to pack the kids yeah. lunch and stuff? Like, it's just yeah. not easy. Yeah. Like it, you're definitely missing yeah. something. <laughs> definitely missing something. You're missing two hands. That's what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> More hands or you need to figure out how to use your feet. But then anyways, okay. So it kind of sounds I, like we're saying as a team, like multitasking might not be the right strategy. I don't know what it, you think, Bethany. I don't think it, it's not the right strategy, but I'm so guilty of trying to multitask, just constantly trying to multitask. I, I'll even, I will admit to you, I like forgot there was a meeting that I wanted to schedule yesterday and I forgot about it. And then it just popped into my head. So we are on this podcast and I just sent a meeting invitation <laughs> because I was like, oh, I have to remember this right now. So I've got to do this simultaneously or I'm going to forget but I mean, I'm so guilty of it, but you're right. Like I'm, I'm usually, I'll say usually, I'm usually not as effective when I'm multitasking. So I like that. I like you said that like literally in the podcast episode, where we were <laughs> going to talk about multitasking. You sent an email out to a client while we were on the podcast. No, it was, it was internal. It was internal. <laughs> oh, internally. What was really funny about it too, is while you talked about that, Diana got up altogether and left yeah. the room. For a little bit. I don't know what Diana went to I was do. just going to say, like, we are all guilty of it. Don't even think that I haven't yeah. gotten Teams messages from all of you during our podcast recordings. Like, it totally happens. We're sitting in meetings together. I get an email from Matt. I'm in a meeting with Don. I get a Teams message from Don and Bethany. Like, I know it happens, guys. It does. So we know that it happens, right? But I think the thing is that you have to recognize is how much it impacts your actual productivity. One of the things we talk about in terms of multitasking is when you're doing that, you feel super busy and you feel really productive, but there's a difference between how productive you feel and how productive you are. Would you all agree with that? They're all nodding their heads. Yeah. That's yeah. how podcasts work, guys. I think we, we just, just feel, I just think we feel all a little guilty about it and we don't <laughs> want to admit that's how I feel. I'm a little bit like, I don't really want to like admit that that's true though, because if I can, this is nobody, I don't need it. Like, okay. Sometimes I send emails while I'm driving. Nobody can have me. And I know, I know. And it's bad, but I wow. feel so productive when I do that. Oh, hey, I don't want me, you to tell me that it's bad. I let know. Me you, let me show you what happens when you take your eyes off the road. No, Mary, I don't want to know. <laughs> yep. And also I'm going to put it out there that I feel like 
I'm a little better at multitasking than most humans, uh, which is like not a, it's not right. I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. I make more, I make mistakes. I do all this stuff, but for some reason I'm like, no, I can totally do this. I can totally do it and be just as effective, but I know that I'm not. Yeah. So there's authors out there that talk about the myth of multitasking, right? This idea that we can really focus. There's studies that have been done that even something like that most people have, like your phones on like all the notifications on your phone where your phone's buzzing at you all day or your watch, you know, is buzzing at you, or maybe you've got your emails open, your emails ding at you while they're coming on or you're watching that. Even that if within the background decreases your effective IQ by five to 15 points while that's happening. Just that one distraction decreases your effective IQ by five to 15 points. Now, most people I don't just know- learned that I'm probably a freaking genius, but I have so many notifications. Nobody would know. No, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> Diana's like, I got IQ points to spare. Five to 15, <laughs> no big deal. No, I'm just saying that. if I turned all those off, would I be brilliant? Like, that's what I want to know. Yeah. That's a good question point. <laughs> Well, if you want to, if you want a reference point of what five to 15 IQ points looks like, it's about the same IQ points that you lose if you get high on pot. Like, it's about the same. So try both and see which, which we're one not endorsing. I was going to say, like, none of us can know, none of us know that, Don. Like, we're good, decent, wonderful, law abiding citizens. None right. of us know what that's like. Diana, what state do you currently live in? Right. Washington. I abide by the law. <laughs> you can abide by the law and still do what we're and talking so about here. Here. Yeah. In Washington, but in Washington. not where you guys are. No, unless we have a medicinal reason for all of that stuff, right. but that's not what this podcast is about people. Anyway, this so is not the people centric right. podcast. This is the podcast. podcast? But that's the, <laughs> that's the effect that it has. So multitasking may not be the answer to your problems, right? It may not be doing more. Like if I could just get one more computer monitor, if I could just get one more thing that I could do, if I could just fill every ounce of space that I have standing at a spot, a a stoplight to be able to fill out that email or do those things. Like that's not necessarily the answer because it impacts our capacities. So what are some other strategies? So one of the things we've talked about before this about a strategy is prioritization. So we all have a lot of stuff to do. How do we prioritize what we do? Talk about some of the things that you see that work really well. Maybe some of the approaches that you've seen that have not worked so well. I'm sorry. Can you rephrase the question? To prioritize, just to prioritize? Yeah. So as you're, as we think about how do we prioritize stuff, right? We've got this long list of things. Let me, I'll tell a little story and we can kind of, we can kind of work this in here a little bit, but I was working with a team of people and they have a list of things that they're supposed to be doing for the team. And they all have their own lists. And I looked, they showed me their list and their lists were really, 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 really long. And I said, is the list prioritized? And they said, yes, we did prioritize it. There's three categories. There's do it now, there's urgent, and there's extremely urgent. Those are the three categories on their list. There's there's (laughs) an episode of The Office where they're like, you put you write all your memos in all caps and he's like, it's urgent one, urgent two and urgent three. Like they're all, I've made a thing. We have all of these things that we're supposed to be doing. So the question, I mean, if you can't do it all and multitasking is not the answer because you can't do them all at the same time. I mean, even no matter how good you are at multitasking, you cannot, like like Mary, you said, like type of, type an email and write a paper at the same time. We don't have enough, you know, things to be able to do all of that stuff at the same time. So then how do we prioritize it? What are some of the best practices around prioritizing? 
Okay, so I'll tell you what I do. <clears throat> I don't know if this is a best practice, but it works. So if I don't have a list of things to do and be able to check them off, and then I have to put like ones, twos, or threes next to them, that puts them in order of, of my urgency. That's how I handle my to-do list and my prioritization of things. So you actually keep a to-do list because that's that's probably a step zero, right? On that prioritization list, you have to create the list. I create the list. And that is all the things that are in the brain, in the emails, all the things that are going on around me, I've got to create that list. And then I've got to make sure that if there's any due dates or deadlines that I've got those noted next to them. And then I put them in order of prioritization. Okay. So then you force yourself to order the list on what you did. So you're doing this electronically somewhere, I'm guessing. No, I'm doing this by hand. I you're write it down by in hand? my book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Old school. Old school. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Bethany, what do you do in terms of your prioritization? So I've learned to, to, for me, like I can't make one big long to-do list. So that would stress me out. I like to have lists, but for me, what helps is just saying, here's what I'm doing today and here's what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> and then I have a few things that are like, this can happen sometime this week. It doesn't matter what day it happens. Do you know what I mean? So I have, I have a few, we, and we'll talk about tools in a little bit, but some of this is like by hand, some of this is electronic, some of this is like another tool. So it's sort of a convergence of all of those things, but I try to be really practical about what I can fit in a day. <laughs> so I say like, here's, I look at my calendar and say, here's the things that I have, the meetings that I have. Do I have any space in those in between? What tasks can I fit in here today that need to be done today? And I put them in there if I can. And then I save the rest. Like I just try to assign out the rest for myself throughout the week. And knowing that sometimes there are, there are things that I can move over to the next the next day, if I really need to, it's not that big of a deal. And I know what those things are when I look at the list and, and I'm, I'm usually okay with being able to just move, move things around if I need to, to not stress myself out. I like that. So you're putting, you're not just creating the priorities unless you're kind of putting them by when you're going to do the thing so that you can then look at the day. And if you have thousand things to do tomorrow, you know, you can't get all thousand things. So, you know, some things are going to have to move around. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Diana, I know you're a, you're a list master yourself, right? You've got some. Lists. I love lists. I love lists. I have a master list. I have sub lists, you know, like I'm a list. I think in lists, I love lists. Do you write um, stuff on your list just so that you can, that you've already done just so you can cross it off for the I don't do that. I don't do that. I okay. think that's fun. And I know lots of people do that, but to me, it just takes up space on the list. So like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I can't do it, but I have had to learn a couple of things with prioritization. One, boundaries. You can say no to some stuff. And I have had to learn to say no to some stuff and feel like I'm disappointing people or say not right now or things like that. Like I've had to learn to kind of help people understand what's on my plate so that their expectation of what I can get done for them isn't so high or is, you know, where do, where does it fall? So I've had to learn to say no or yes, but, or maybe later type things. And the other thing I do, which I think is really weird. I add a why column to my list. Mm -hmm. So I like to know the why behind the what, 
I think sometimes a to-do list becomes very what-y, like it's just tasks, but I've started putting a why on some of those tasks so that I understand why, why it's important to me or what it means to me or why I'm doing it in the bigger picture. And that helps me feel less, less crazy about it and feel like I have more of an impact and it's not just do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And so I do add the why column on some of my lists. I love that tip. I love that tip a lot. What about like one of the things we talked about, I know in the past that I've tried to do on mine, just in terms of a tip is I do have a to-do list and I keep mine on next to my email um, electronically is the, we've talked about this concept in a recent uh, episode is the idea of eating the frog. Uh, there's something on your list that you really don't want to do. And that tends to, we tend to kick that down and kick that down, kick that down. It's nice to do those things earlier you'll feel a lot more accomplished and it just gives you a lot more energy to attack the rest of the day. Like you just, you feel better. It's a, it's a fuel kind of thing is tack those things that you don't want to do. Knock those things out early. I think that's a, that's a tip. What about, as we talk about lists, what about those who are thinking right now, I know that you're out there is saying my inbox of my email is my to-do list. Talk about like, why, where does that work? Or maybe where does that not work so well? Thoughts on that? I will sometimes, if I'm out and about, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to do this. I will send myself an email and in the subject line, put what it is that I need to do. If it's short enough, I can put there. If not, then I go ahead and put, go down to the section where I can. But yeah, I put that in there. And then, um, then that way, whenever I get to a seating ground or like back to the office or home, I can pull that out and extract that and put that on my to-do list and prioritize it then. Yeah, that makes sense. I What I do instead, and I probably... I probably have done that before too, but now see, I keep skipping to the tools part, but there's like Google tasks is something that I started using. I think Don uses that too. You probably, I think you introduced it to me, but now that I have that set up, I have it on, it's connected to my email. It's connected to my calendar. It's connected to my phone. So if I have something like that, where I'm out and about and I forget like, oh yeah, I need to like follow up with this person. I will put a task on my, on my, like my digital task list basically. And I will assign it to myself for like tomorrow or whatever. So I know it's there. I will see it first thing tomorrow and can handle it. But, but yeah, just hearing like email as the to-do list that stresses me out and feels overwhelming. And like, I would forget a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah. I think I see a lot of people when I used to do that, I used, I'm totally used to do that and still do that to an extent because it's the kind of to-do list that other people can interact with, right? There's people that are telling you to do things from the outside and they don't have your to-do list. If they did, it'd be a little bit creepy if they're walking into Mary's office, grabbing her notebook and saying, I'm going to write this on here. Uh, but the, the, the uh, emails kind of serve as that. But the, the problem with the emails is you can't prioritize them very easily. Like you can kind of folder them. And I know people who have like really intricate, in, uh, intricate systems like that. The other thing is that you can't control how quickly they come in. So they come in and they tend to overwhelm. And I know at one point, like I had 12,000 unread or not unread, but 12,000 emails in my inbox. And I've really learned, like, I can't live life like that. I've got it now where I zero my inbox regularly. Um, and then what I do is transfer it to a, to a to-do list. And then that helps me to be able to prioritize it, which we talked about before. If Matt were on this call, he would tell you that he will control A and delete all of his emails. If he gets overwhelmed, he just deletes them all. That's like then that. 
He's like, if it's important, they'll re-email me. <laughs> oh, like, I think he's a serial killer. Like there's yeah. something psychologically messed up with that. There's something wrong with him. So if you're a client looking for a response from Matt and he hasn't responded <laughs> in a while, you may want to shoot him another email. He is really responsive. So like he gets to he the is. point where he's like, I got it and it's fine. But he will, if he's overwhelmed, like goes on vacation or something, d- delete all. He's like, if it's if it's important, you'll send it to me again. And it's mildly genius and also psychopathic. Like there is something. Yeah, like I wish I could do, do that. Man. So yeah. we kind of talked a little bit about this already. So we've talked about multitasking and how that can be a challenge. So then the, the strategy to overcome that is to prioritize, right? So you work on the things one at a time, but you have to be deliberate about that. We kind of talked a little bit about it, but like, what tools do you all use? Like, where do you do this stuff? Yeah, notebook. I just have a, I have a notebook. I do. I do too, I don't, man. I do too. I'm so old school with it. I do. I love the notebook and yeah, just taking the opportunity. If my brain is starting to feel overwhelmed, then I know my to-do list is not clean. And then I've got to get, like, I've got to take some time and get it all out and make sure that my to-do list gets clean. That's a super pro tip there, by the way, if you feel cluttered and busy, you're not as productive, like you can't be. Um, So sometimes it's worth taking a second, take a beat, take a step back, organize yourself, figure out what it is that you need to do and then work on that. Yeah, I know if my inbox is starting to fill up and it is kind of right now because I was at a conference last week, I need to schedule time for myself to go clean that out. And I always feel so much better when I do that. Now, clean it out doesn't mean I did everything in that, but now I've transferred everything from my email to an inbox. I use, I know Bethany, you already mentioned it, Google Tasks because it's right next to the email and you can actually link the email to the task which is gold. Like if, so I get an email and it's like, oh, that's going to take me a while. I need to work on that. I will, you can hit a button on it and it will move it over to the task and then I can archive the email. So then it's no longer in my inbox. So now I can keep my inbox clean, but then go to go to my priority list and then prioritize the emails. And I'll just literally reorder them uh, to be able to work towards things. So lots of tricks and tools and things that are out there, but you have to have a system that works for you at the end of the day. Diana. Yeah, I was going to say we use Trello a lot. It's an easy online free platform. It's like a digital cork board. You can add a to-do item. You can move it into in progress. You can tag other people if they're on Trello and you need their help with something and you can move it into completed. Like it's just so visual and easy and you can kind of see where everything is. And I used that for a very long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trello. We just changed your life. If you don't use Trello already, <laughs> it's a great way to organize great way to communicate in teams and do project management too, by the way. And it's, uh, there's a free version of it. Uh, so highly high users of Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O is how you spell that. Trello. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would echo Mary and Diana. I use a, pa- I use a, just like a paper planner because I love that. And so I use that with just our regular Google calendars with the Google tasks, like all of those combined together, like make my life so much better when I can sit down and I sort of am looking at all three of those things at once and sort of like making sure they match, they match up. And I, and then I use time to like prioritize uh, with that. And then, you know, we didn't really talk about this one specifically, but we internally as an organization use uh, Microsoft Teams which is another way that I think that we we stay organized that helps us stay organized with our clients, um, with some of our like operational tasks and things that we're communicating about so that 
And I think we've said this before that like it's helped us reduce our internal emails, which is amazing. And it's just given context to conversations that we're having. It makes it easier for us to respond in a thoughtful way, like when we're able to, depending on what that conversation looks like. So there's lots of different ways that we use that and we don't, we won't go into all of that. And then on top of that, and I think a lot of us do this too, with an email, like for me, like Don, you said, you archive emails after you move them to your task list. But I really like to, like, I have a, like, I have folders like labeled for for our clients, for personal, for like our business, for whatever. And I just move stuff over into those whenever I'm done with them, if I need to, if I think I need to save them. Yeah, that's good. Last one, one of my favorite tools I know for productivity in terms of emails, because I don't think anybody's asking for more emails. If you're an email user um, is for people who schedule meetings a lot, there's lots of e like meeting scheduler tools that are out there now, or they have direct links to your calendar where you can send it to people. Um, so I know if you struggle with that and those back and forth emails, well, how about Tuesday at three o'clock? Well, I can't do Tuesday at three o'clock. How about Thursday at four o'clock? Well, now that's filled up. I can't do that. This just allows somebody just to, to get directly to link to your calendar and schedule a meeting and just pops on your calendar and their calendar. That's been a game changer, honestly. And it, and it connects to your Zoom already or whatever platform you're using. So you don't even have to like take that step. It's awesome. Also, this is kind of a side thing, like I've used this tool per, on a personal note too, is um, I think it's called Unroll or Unroll Me, Unroll App. I'm going to go find it really quick. What is it? Unroll Me. In my personal email, I had gotten so many just like random emails, like spam emails or just promotional things that like you just don't even know that you've subscribed for. And it was so overwhelming that I couldn't even like function in that on my personal email. And I just used that recently. Again, we don't get paid for this, but highly recommended if you're just like, I need something that can help me like gain control of my email again, because it's been overtaken by all of these like promotional emails that has helped me so much. So just wanted to throw that in too. Love that. Love that. Yeah. So some of that Sorry, go ahead, Diana. I was going to say that unsubscribe and that like Amazon notifications and all those things like go in there and like, don't get emails for that. You have an app. You can go check it anytime you want. Like just don't eliminate some of that noise. But how will I know if the coconut water I ordered has shipped yet? You can check your app oh. or get a notification on your phone. You don't need the email also. Okay. That's fair. There you go. There you go. That's fair. That makes sense. So some <laughs> of this, and I like this because what you're hearing is not only how do you take in all of this information, prioritize it, and then use tools for it, but you're hearing our team also talk about how can you block some of it out? How can you take down some of that noise, uh, you know, and, and sometimes say no to it, right? You don't have to say yes to everything. I know a lot of people have trouble saying no. That kind of leads us to our next topic here is like, sometimes when we have things that we need to do, we take on all the stuff ourselves when actually we have other people that could help us with stuff. So sometimes delegation could be a strategy, right? But we've done a whole, I think we've done whole episodes of this idea on delegating, right? So we won't get into it deeply, but you know, what do we hear from clients in terms of why they don't delegate stuff? What, what's, the, what's the barrier to delegation and how do you get over that? I don't know how you get over it. I'm kidding. I'm saying uh, the barrier is like other people are busy too. Like you guys all have full, full plates. How am I supposed to give you something from mine? That's like the main barrier I think people lean to. Yeah. That's, I like that you said it that way too, because the teams that we work with, if you take a step back from that, I've done that myself. Like I know you guys are busy. And so sometimes, well, I'll take that on and I'll do it myself. But then if we all do that, 
then you're all busy on your own lists. And it really does impact like how the team works together too. Like it's, it, it's, it feels good to take somebody else's stuff sometimes if they really need help and help them to get something done. Like that actually feels good. That brings a team back together. So sometimes, you know, the, the solution to that thought might be kind of get over that at times. Sometimes you have to ask for help. There's varying degrees of busy and that's hard to measure. If somebody says they can help you, then like let them help you sometimes uh, to get over that. I know the other barrier that I, we hear a lot is like, well, they won't do it as well as I do, those kinds of things. And that's kind of a bigger issue. Like you should really go find that podcast that we put out on delegation uh, because I think I think we called it delegate like a boss or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that is, yeah. And I can link it in the show notes too. Yeah, so so go back and listen to that. If, you're, if that's you of like, nobody else does it as well as I can, like go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's it. It's, it's all of those things. Plus I think sometimes we hear that, you know, I also don't want people to feel like I'm just offloading stuff. I don't want to give them the tasks that I don't like to do. Like, like, it's just, this is something that probably nobody likes to do. So I don't want to make somebody else do it because it's part of my job or something like that too. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and then the last thing here is sometimes we're seeing this happen more and more as companies are growing, but the lot job market is shrinking. The labor market is shrinking. Some companies are like losing positions and they're not filling them and asking employees to take on more stuff. So your role, sometimes we're seeing roles where you look at the role design on that and you look at their job description and like, no wonder you can't keep up with all this stuff. Like it's just, it's out of control. It's, it's a real problem. What could, if you're, first of all, let's talk about an employee first. If you're an employee, and you're looking at your job and you just have too much work assigned to you, like it's just too much stuff within your job. What's the right way to approach that problem to try to fix that? I think open communication is one of the most important things. We'll talk about doing like a quarterly check-in with your team. And that's just having one-on-one -on -one conversations to see where people are at and really know what's going on. And so as an employee, I think it's also important to have that two-way conversation with your manager, your supervisor, and your coworkers and be able to say, hey, I'm really feeling overwhelmed here. Is there any way that anybody could help me? Or, or is there a different way that I could do this to make this a little bit more simplified? You know, looking for some feedback to, to help um, resolve the issue. Yeah, I do an exercise with leaders where I say like, okay, Don, write down all the things you want me to be doing as your employee, right? Like write down the things you think I'm doing that I need to be doing that you want me to be doing. And then me, I'm going to write down all the things I am doing. And then let's look at those lists and see how similar they are. Let's see if any of those overlap. Let's see if there are things that are a priority to Don that I had no idea about. Like you got to have the conversation and make sure that you're aligned on what should actually be happening. Yeah. I like how when Mary had the initial conversation with the boss, you know, as she outlined that she still kept ownership of the stuff. It wasn't going to the boss and saying, you're being unreasonable. This is ridiculous what you're asking me to do. It wasn't that kind of an approach. It was an approach of saying, I need some help. Like, I want to be able to accomplish this. I want to do everything. I want to do the things you need me to do. And then I like Diana's approach to say, the things that you think you need me to do and the things I'm actually doing may not be the same. And I think most of the time, Diana, when you do that exercise, you find some incongruencies, right? Oh, I've never had a time where they were aligned ever. Like they're always different stuff. And it's amazing to me. Like, and it's amazing to the boss too. They'll look at it and be like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And it's like, well, this person left the department or they took on this project and then they just sort of took on this thing. And the day-to-day -day does pile up. The day-to-day -day things like 
you just kind of take it and you, and you don't realize it until you have 29 things that are all yours every single day. And I don't think that that's super visible, you know, cause you're just doing your job. So think about that employees out there, the things that you are stressing out about and doing things may not matter much to your boss. It's probably worth having that conversation to double check that because boy, that would, you know, it's the best answer on getting less crazy with your time is to not have to do some of that stuff, uh, which, which is great. And we've seen a lot of examples of that where somebody's like, oh, that's not that important. Don't do that. The other piece though, is what about if you're an executive and you're super, super busy? Let's say, I mean, we, I talk to business owners, top executives, C-suite people, and they talk about the, who don't have control over their time. Like what's our message for, for folks who are in that situation? Don, you talk about that a lot. Do you want to I was, share? <laughs> I was going to say, you have a whole keynote about when executives get stuck. What do you tell them? Yeah, I know. I mean, we talk about this concept of executive quicksand, right? Uh, there are, there are, you know, C-level people, executives who are going bouncing around their entire day with no control over their time. They just go from meeting to meeting. They just wake up in the morning and they go wherever their calendar tells them to go. And a lot of times it's not, the only choice they get to make is which of the three meetings that they've been invited to are they going to attend? And that is out of control. The problem with that is if you take a step back is for all, if you're that busy, imagine your employees also being that busy. And the person that can fix a lot of that is you and you're too busy to fix it. So yeah, I think you have to figure out ways to get on top of that. Like you have to be able to design your role in a way that makes it manageable for yourselves because you're going to have to help everybody else do the same thing. I think that's a real trap that executives fall into. And a lot of it's because you don't think that other people can do it or mm -hmm. you think that you're, you're, you're lost in the job. You know, a lot of times we talk about this a lot, how managers aren't trained to be managers. So what you do is you do the job you used to do, just you do it more. Um, that's a challenging part. Um, that, that I think a lot of managers struggle with. And I think a lot of managers take that all the way up to being an executive and say, my, my increased job responsibilities has to come with increased volume of work that I put out there. Mm. Uh, but it can't, it just has to be different work. And then you have to allow others to do the work that they do. Yeah, this reminds me, I was just, I was working with an executive recently who was trying to, was trying to manage this of figuring out like, okay, I'm in this position. I've elevated even to this new like level in this new role within our organization. I have a different title. And how do I manage my time now? Because really like this person was functioning in their old role still, even though they are supposed to be in this next sort of this next level up. And so we had to talk about like one, let's rewrite your your job description. Let's make sure that the role is super clear. And then two, like, let's audit your meetings and like, let's go, what meetings do you go to right now that you really don't need to go to anymore or that somebody else needs to go to instead of you. And so we sat down and just kind of like looked at some of those things and said like, Hey, you don't need to be there anymore. This is not your job anymore. It was before, but the organization has changed and you're in a different role. And so helping people like walk through like the things that are different now in this role um, and who else can be involved. And so those were a couple of the things that, that we had to do um, to get her out of this kind of this executive quicksand, as you, as you call it. I love that. Yeah. The answer is not always work harder. I think that's the punchline for a lot of the things we've talked about. When we talk about multitasking, the answer to more effective multitasking is to try harder and just be more frantic, right? The answer to better prioritization is not to prioritize things, but just do it faster, like work harder, 
make stuff done. And the, the, the cool tricks and tools things are things that's like, well, if we could just find the right tool that will do more work for us, like that's the thought. And the delegation, like now you're starting to think, well, I can't delegate because I'm, I need to just work. I think that's the trap that we get into in time management is we think that the idea, the strategy for time management is to do more things. And really mm -hmm. the best strategy might be to do less things. Yeah. And to get more people involved. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think sometimes the default that we see within organizations is like, oh, we're just shorthanded. Oh, we just need more people. Oh, like the, it's the easy button is like, we just need to hire more people. And that's not always true. And I think that you want to be really careful about like, you might need, you might need to hire more people, but make sure that you're maybe trying out some of these other things first to make, to, to really evaluate, like, do we really need another person? Or are we just spending a lot of time doing other things that we don't need to be focused on? So we have the team of people centric here for the people centric podcast, newly named old name, new name are really appreciative of you taking the time to think about this topic because we know you don't have a lot of time. And if this was useful for you, it was probably difficult for you to take the time to listen to this podcast. However, because you listened to this now, hopefully you've left with some tools and tricks and some insights that may be able to help you to take control of your life and your work again, take control of that time, use it well for yourself. Don't just put so much pressure on yourself to work harder, work better, use your team, communicate better, be more people-centric. That'll make you a more people-centric leader. We always love feedback. We always love to hear more here at the People Centric Podcast. So how can they get a hold of us, Diana? You can email us at podcast at peopleccg.com. Uh, you can find us online. We're at peoplecentric.com. There's a contact us form on our page. You can find us on all the social media. Our handles are at peopleccg or at peoplecentric. There's a million ways to get a hold of us. You can call us even. Yeah, call us too. 417-887-6760. I don't know who's going to do that, but you could. Our operators um, are standing by. I am standing by. Look, <laughs> it's right here. Diana is the operator. I'm the operator. I'm standing by. But yeah. Yeah. We love feedback. We love to hear from you guys. We love to hear the things you're struggling with. We love to give advice or insights. Um, so reach out. Please feel free to use us as a resource. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.